Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town preview show in association with Sports Broker. We are lucky enough today to be joined by town midfielder Scott High. Scott, how are you? I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? And uh, I'm fine, thank you. People don't ask me how I am usually, but I'm fine, thank you very much. And uh, the examiner, Stephen Chicken, how are you, Stephen? I'm good, thank you. I don't need to ask how you are, because uh, we've just done it. So. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. true. Pe- people ask me how I am before we start recording, so that's, that's <laughs> slightly untrue. Um, <laughs> not to make this all about me. Um, Scott, uh, we've got a, a home game tomorrow morning. Uh, morning, tomorrow afternoon. It feels like the morning, because it's nearly kick-off against Coventry City. Um, how have preparations been going this week? Yeah, really good. I think uh, the whole team's been buying into what Carl Swan wants us to do tomorrow morning, afternoon, like he said, against Coventry. So I think uh, all the tactics and stuff that we've been doing on the training pitch seem to be working and hopefully we can take that into the game. Yeah, is it? do you slightly amend how your training works and how your, your routine looks before a game that, that sort of moved up? Because your, your entire day must be sort of change a little bit because usually about 12.30 you'll be you'll still be at the hotel you'll still be taking your your pre-match foods on and everything is a bit odd and disorientated uh not not really i think most of the things are, are the same similar sort of stuff so i think i think we try and keep the same sort of schedules and stuff like that to like not make it like different for each week so we know what we're doing most weeks to get us ready for the games yeah that's fair enough. I just thought, do you think some of the lads might feel a bit different, or is that a personal preference where you just all right to play or whatever? Or uh, I don't mind. To be fair, honestly, I don't mind any times. I think some of the lads might 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 think that it might be a different time and that they might feel different. But I think once we know it's game time, I think we're all going to be on it and ready. I think. Yeah, that's fair, fair enough. I think, um, Stephen. Um, Town obviously haven't had the, the, the results we've wanted in the, the past few games and, and Coventry are in exactly the same boat. They've, they've only won two in their last ten and I think they they haven't won in their past four. So it's it's two teams who are, who are looking to get back on, on the winning side of the scoreline. How do you see this match going? Because, you know, Scott says that the, the, you know, the lads will turn up wanting to play and give their best, which I'm sure is true, but... For spectators, these 12.30 ones always seem to be a bit flatter for some reason, probably because the fans haven't had the chance to get a few extra pints on board. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's a factor. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think probably when Sky picked it, you know, it, it looked a really, really attractive fixture because it was two the two sort of surprise packages of, of, uh, of the season. And, you know, th- there's nothing to say it can't still be a good game. I think there's a lot of intrigue around it because, as you say, both sides will be sort of desperate for a result. And it's it's almost sort of a six-pointer for two sides who are looking to get back in, in the playoff race uh, for two sides who, who may be, um, certainly from a fan perspective, wouldn't have been expecting to be sort of quite so high up the table. Um, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I think obviously that the, the cameras being there hopefully won't play much of a factor, but it's... Uh, it's an interesting game for, for all kinds of reasons. I think it's common, first time commentary fans have been to the John Smiths as well, if, if I'm, I think I'm right in saying Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation we were having in the office recently, actually. It's, it's been, a, I think, similar 70s. Tottenham, uh, sorry, not Tottenham, sorry. Uh, Huddersfield and, uh, and Coventry haven't uh, played each other very often. 
No, that's right. Yeah, because they've just sort of missed each other because Cov were a top flight for ages, weren't they? So uh, obviously they played last year, but it's behind closed doors. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I think they've played a pre-season friendly before, but other than that, it's the first sort of competitive trip uh, for Coventry fans. So I'm sure they'll be sort of looking to get a stadium ticked off on their list, and you know that they'll be bringing a, a decent sized following, and you know they're just outside the playoffs themselves, and they'll be they'll be as you say. Similar to town, looking to for a response after uh, after a tough November. Um, it's, it's an interesting one as well for, for people who have been at our club for a while as well. Speaking of you know having just missed each other and everything, there's that. There's people who've been working for town for well over ten years and they've never been to the Rico Arena. So looking down that further down the line, that's a new stadium to a lot of people at the club. Yeah, so it's it's a really strange one given that these are two very old proud clubs that they just they do not have a recent history of playing each other yeah it just never crossed over did they yeah scott have you ever played over the last season coventry have you been to the rico before on one of your loans or anything like that uh, i remember going there when i was under 23s I, I remember i remember being on the bench i think i think i got on but i remember going to that stadium i think definitely yeah and with the with playing them tomorrow, obviously they're they're in you know overall having a good season. Uh, Matt Robinson, somebody who was here previously, you've been in the youth team at that point, so you won't have had much to do with him, I don't think. Um, and he won't here too long. What sort of prep are you guys doing for them? Because they they seem to play quite a, a, an attacking uh, three at the back. Uh, a lot of men forwards play on the break quite a lot. A lot of pace out wide. What sort of threat is that going to fill you guys? Yeah, exactly. I said all them things we've watched, like in the analysis sessions we've done. We've got we've done like little group meetings as well, and like specific position specific stuff. So I think yeah. I think we know most of their strengths and weaknesses. So I think hopefully we can, like I said, the counter attack, and they like to do that with the three up front, like the one in behind the two strikers, and yeah. then they can pull into a winger sometimes. So I think we know what uh, their strengths are. And hopefully we can uh, attack them as well at the same time and defend their weaknesses. Yeah, the, the way you play the game as well, you 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 know you get your foot on the ball and you pass it forwards really nicely. For you, when you're watching clips of them, when you you're analysing what you can be doing against them, are you looking where potential areas and pockets of space where you can be playing plays into where there's there's opportunities you feel to be driving, fixing, and, and playing people into? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I think. There's bits on the analysis that I'm not going to give away in this. So of course, hopefully that, of course. Like some of the spacing and stuff that were picked out in the analysis. So I think uh, there's definitely areas that we can hopefully attack and uh, get through their weaknesses. So I'll try and say. Yeah. In, in a game like this, Stephen, where it perhaps might be a little bit more open than, than the, the average championship game is, which I'm sure the Sky cameras enjoy, is a player like Scotty who... You know, plays the ball really nicely. You know, he's very progressive and proactive with the way he passes the ball. Is it a sort of game that might suit him? He could be, yeah. I mean, they they play a a three four three generally. It seems to be the sort of the very in vogue uh, formation at the moment. Everyone seems to be sort of playing it. Um, I'll be interested to see uh, how town town line up with it, having sort of moved away from it last week. Whether they go back to it or not, but I think either way. Um, <sighs> As much as sort of the, the penetration, the forward passing, um, we know that Coventry, whenever we've sort of played them, when we played them twice last season, and whenever I've seen them play on TV, they're exceptionally hard working. You know, that they've got where they are 
um, under Mark Robbins, basically through through sort of grit and digging in and and working hard and and making things tough for the opposition. Um, so I think that there's you know the energy levels are going to have to be uh, high from from both teams and um, obviously. Scott is, is one of the players who's going to be bringing that uh, as, as a central midfielder. Yeah. Is that, is that all stuff that you sort of agree with and you see about yourself? How would you evaluate yourself as a footballer, Scott? If you were, if you were Scott High, imagine you were, you were playing for a different team and you were having to analyse yourself and, and imagine coming up against yourself. What would, what would you say is, is the type of footballer you are? Hopefully, like all the things that uh, Steve just said, like all the hard work in pressing stuff like that, hopefully people might think I'm half decent on the ball. But I think yeah. the main one's like the hard working one, I think. If you can get that boxed off, then you can add, get, add bits to your game throughout your career and continue to develop, yeah. How have you been finding it being in the, in the side more, um, more regularly? Um, obviously, it's, it's come about since Hoggy's uh, been injured, but... You were you're in and out of the side previously. You've been around the first team, you know, since the start of the season, towards the end of last season as well. Is your game? Do you feel come on quite a bit? Is it something you're relishing and really enjoying? Yeah, definitely, exactly. I think having the opportunity to like start the last, I can't remember the game it is, but having the opportunity to do that, I think I've I've added to my game even more, and all the experiences from them games, I can continue to develop that. And then from being away with Scotland and then coming back, I think. I had that confidence from them two games to take into the Huddersfield games and hopefully I can continue to build on that confidence. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the, the Scotland experience. That's, that's no small achievement being called up for the 21s and you starting games and, and playing them as well with the, the majority of them. How is that experience? How, how is it training under a different regime, seeing how other players play, seeing you know the best players from you know who Scotland are eligible for at that age group? you know, training alongside them, learning from them. Is that something where you were just almost like a sponge learning things from people and, and you're a completely different environment for you to be in? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's, it's brilliant being in a different experience, uh, different challenges and different experience for different people. Like sometimes if you stay with the same, if you stay in the same regime all the time, it might get a little bit, I won't say boring, but I think you get used to it all of a sudden. And then yeah. once you go to a different scenery, you're like, well, there's different coaches, different, sessions you got to be switched on you got to know what you got to like pick up quickly what he wants you to do and what you what he don't want you to do and what all the other players are like so I think it was it was a really unbelievable experience to like going from the first time and then going there I think it was uh it was exceptional yeah, yeah. Steve have you noticed a, a difference in in Scott in the past few games uh yeah I mean I think Scott's been sort of one of the the standout players really um I think you have to Whenever you lose your captain and, and you're reigning a player of the year, you sort of, you know, you, you naturally worry about the effect it's going to have. But I think whatever the reasons are for Town's dip in form, I don't think, certainly don't think Scott's been been one of them. Um, I think I always find it interesting, you know, Carlos, I, I th am I right in saying, Scott, you came through the academy more as sort of a, a number six in that sort of, in that hoggy, Vallejo yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. Carlos prefers you as, a, as an all-action 10 I was, you know, I just wonder how much, you know, how much you've talked about that and, and what he wants to see in you and how you've sort of gone about making that that transition. Well, well, yeah, like you said, so when I was in the academy, I always used to be like the six, like in the pivot of a three midfield. So I think 
I've been used to that. And then I went out to Shrewsbury and I was more like an eight. And then with Carlos, it, it, it like plays and plays in like some sort of different position sometimes. But I think what he's been saying to me like most of the time is like, if you can add bits to your game from each different position, then you can be like an all-rounder and have everything to your game. So I think if I can add bits to that game, I, add bits to my game from every position, like I just said, I think it will only help me in good stead instead of making me weaker. Yeah, I think all rounder is definitely the the term I would I would use for you. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Would you? Uh, what would you say you're, you're most comfortable doing then, Scott? Do you enjoy being on the ball? Is it the defensive side of the game? Because you, from watching you, you seem to read the game quite well. And, and although you're not, you know, as Hoggy does, throwing himself in front of the ball, you seem to intercept it a little bit more. You seem to be, in, you know, breaking up play a little bit more, almost. So not a direct comparison, but almost a bit more Michael Carricky, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 all I want to do is always be on the ball. I think from young, I've always had a ball at my feet. So I think always trying to be on the ball is what I want to do. I want to give, give passes, get it back, and then hopefully find the, the better passes to get to the more creative players to like create chances to score. But yeah, like you said, I think the defensive side of the game is even bigger now. So it's like what like we're doing at the minute as a unit, I think it's it's really key to like stop them breaking us down easily. So like intercepting passes is a key one, and then like covering Lewis or covering say Sauber if he's on the right wing or something like that. So always having that balance and know how where their strikers are. If you can intercept the ball, then you can go forward with it. Yeah, what's it like playing alongside Lewis? Because it's obviously quite a big achievement for not only yourself to be starting as regularly you are in the, in the championship when we had uh, Paul Bauer on it he gave us the statistic that the average um, debut in the championship is 24 and a half and you're 20 and playing regularly so that's a, an aberration in the greatest of ways that, that you're doing so but you're also next to Lewis who's come through the academy and is also under that age and is playing regularly and is captain aside and you're both former academy players of the year is is that a nice thing for you two to have come through that experience in, in similar age groups and, and playing alongside him again and, and sort of doing that in the championship? Yeah, it's great, yeah. I, I always like, Lewis is always someone that I've used to look up to because he always used to play like two years above me and then in the 23s, sometimes I'd be on the bench and Lewis would be the captain for the 23s, so I was always watching him. And then some games I got to play with him. I remember Watford away at the stadium, I played with Lewis in that game. I think we won like 5-2 or something, but... Like you said, playing with Lewis, it's, it's brilliant at the minute. Us two in midfield, I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully we can continue to do that. Have you got a good understanding together? Do you know when one of you goes? Because you both are like a little bit of a, a jump forward sometimes when he goes, and one of you has to sit and all that sort of stuff. You've got a bit of a, a knowledge of, of who can do what and letting each other get on with each other's games. Yeah, exactly. In training, we, we practice that as well sometimes. On a Wednesday, we might do like 11 v 11 and so we can get the partnerships and relationships working even better then so I think we know what each of the strengths are and what we're both good at and then we can work together to help our weaknesses and work together yeah. to like like you said like if he goes forward I'll stay back so sort of dovetailing each other to like get the best out of each other. Is that a relationship Stephen that, that is coming across in, in Townsgate because I think for me and from, from what I've been seeing that midfield partnership has been one of the, the strongest elements of the side over the, the past handful of matches. Yeah, I, I think as as I say, I think Lewis against uh, against Barnsley was exceptional. I think we've given Scott man of the match a couple of times as well over the past few games. Um, you know, I think it's 
it's good that you've sort of you've got that understanding and you you know you know each other's games from from sort of the academy days. Um, obviously, it's different to what you'd have with, as Carlos has alluded to, to what you'd have with Jonathan Hogg or Alex Vallejo. So I think there's naturally going to be a bit of adjustment while sort of the rest of the squad try and work out the best way to make the most of those, you know, different players' strengths and 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 learn new patterns and and playing off each other. But uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I, th- I think that let's be honest, there is a bit of a, you know, a, f- a, a few injuries in central midfield at the moment. But I think, as Carlos said, it's it's a positive when you're playing sort of, you know, um, when you're playing a player who maybe had earmarked as Lewis's cover alongside Lewis, uh, and you're not sort of worried about how he's going to do in the lineup. You know, you you're not you're not looking at Scott, when he's named in the starting lineup, and thinking, "Oh, he's going to struggle in this one," you know, you, you know, you can you can count on him. Now, is that nice to hear, Scott? That, that perhaps you're you're a little bit ahead of ahead of where you you should be at your stage of development and everything. Yeah, it's yeah, it's real nice to him. I can only be thankful from that. But I think at the same time, I want to even be, I want to be even better than what I am at the minute. I don't want to just rest on my laurels and take all the compliments and just stay where I am. I want to be even better than what I am and hopefully I can t- continue to push on and become a better player. Yeah, we've, we've mentioned Towns of a central midfielder who are both unfortunately are injured at the minute, um, Alex and, and Johnny. The, is there, there players that when you train, when you watch them play, that, that you can learn from? Because obviously they're both vastly different footballers as well. You know, the range of passing that Alex has, you know, how silky he is on the ball and, you know, Hoggy's work rate, the, the way he reads the game, gets involved, you know, leads the team by, you know, just in sheer presence. Is that, are they two players that are almost nice that give you a bit of a balance as a central midfielder to, to take things from? Yeah, exactly. I, I think you can, I can take bits from everyone in the team, but like you said, everyone in the, in the midfield like group, I think bits from Alex I can take, definitely bits from Hoggy with his leadership, his communication and stuff like that. If I can take bits from each different player, Lewis, Alex, and Hoggy, even like even the younger lads, Josh Hill and stuff like that, I can take bits from their game, and hopefully I can I can develop them and show them show them bits as well, and then while I'm learning bits off Hoggy, so it 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 always works down I think with the academy lads because they're always training with us, so I think if I can try and be as best as I can to like match Hoggy and be even better than Hoggy, and he's being better than me, then it'll only build uh, like good relationships with the academy lads. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, I think while we've got Scott on, it's a, it's a great opportunity to discuss sort of the, the, the way, obviously, we've restructured of late and, and the, the, the way that we want to bring players through the age groups. Recently, we had those really positive results from Training Ground Guru, where had we been eligible, um, we would have been the 19th best academy in the country, which is you know no small achievement whatsoever. But Scott's development to be playing in the team regularly at 22, as he says, have that ability to not only, you know, work alongside the younger players who are playing in the B team and the 19s, but also learn from the, the seniors. Is that a great example of what the club is, is aiming to do and the best possible version of that? In terms of sort of, you know, having a pathway to the first team for young players, yeah, obviously... Um, Scott came through the old academy rather than the new one, um, but uh, you know <laughs> he's also younger now than than Lewis was when he made his first team debut, which I think sort of some people forget sometimes. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the club have, have talked consistently since they made that restructure because it was controversial, um, you know, willfully sort of dropping to a category four and focusing on picking up sort of older players who slipped the net. But I think we've seen last season, I think probably the big success stories and the ones who would have counted towards that training ground guru ranking would have been uh, Aaron Rowe and, and Ramani Edmonds-Green, who both played sort of over 20 games each. And uh, for various reasons, obviously, that neither one of them has been in the first team this year because Ramani's gone out on loan and Aaron Rowe has been injured, although came back for the B team the other day, which is good to see. But, but I know that, you know, it's not just signing players in sort of that teenage category. It's also, you know, I think the initial idea when when the club signed Josh Caroma and Sorba Thomas was that they would be B-team players for a spell and that they would sort of pass through that system, even if it was only briefly. And obviously both of them, I think Carlos would say, um, developed and, and got into the first team faster than, than he expected. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, you know, you're looking to, to pick up players at sort of, all ages from sort of 16 through to sort of 23 to put into that system. And I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be difficult to really judge it um, for, to be honest, for a few years, because I think academies, sometimes you'll get like a load of players come through at once, as has happened a bit with town, you know, having not had anyone through the old academy for ages, you've suddenly got Lewis and Scott and uh, Ryan Schofield have all sort of come through at once. Um and, you know, sometimes you do just get those sort of fits and starts. So it's going to be difficult to judge for a few years. But I think sort of in Romani and, and Aaron Rowe and, you know, even likes of players who are out on loan at the moment, like Matty Daly, Kieran Phillips, there's uh, there's some sort of positive signs there that, that suggest that the, the decision was sort of, um, that there was something behind the decision. And Brentford have had sort of similar success as well. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's interesting to hear Scott, if we, we, we just look finally to, to tomorrow's game, obviously the, the past few games, the results-wise, haven't gone the way we want them to go. What's the, the mood like been in camp? What's the, the sort of the, the feeling going into tomorrow? Because I imagine the lads are wanting to put that right. They'll know the sky cameras are there. They'll know there'll be a decent crowd in and that there's some expectation and perhaps even a little bit of pressure going now. Is the is the want and the, the desire to, to put in a proper shift against the team who are who are right there in the, up there in the table alongside us and and show what we're all about as we did against the likes of West Brom? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I think everyone's focused on getting them three points tomorrow and putting in a really good performance and positive performance. Hopefully, that the fans will like. So I think if the whole week's training has been really good. I think we can take confidence from that and build on that into going into tomorrow and then training today. So I think. We're definitely focused to get the three points and putting in a really good shift for the fans and for the, for the coaching staff, yeah. Well, best of luck for, for tomorrow, mate. I'll let you get off. I know you've got you've got meetings and some final prep to be doing. And Stephen, thank you very much for, for joining us ever. And thank you again to Sportsbroker for, for sponsoring the show. And we'll speak to you soon.